Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Have you been having breakfast with Jesus? Do you make Jesus a regular part of your day-to-day activities? Let's open to John 21 and taste what the Lord has for us as we dine with Jesus. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to this first teaching of 2020. It is January 2nd and it's around 9.30 in the morning. So this morning we're going to talk about uh, John 21. I was going to try to get through the whole chapter, but it looks like we'll have to split it up. Um, So we'll go uh, verses 1 to 14 and uh, we'll probably have to pick it up uh, with a second teaching. We'll see how it goes. Well, Lord Jesus, we do thank you for a new year, and we thank you for a new decade. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for all that you've used us for in this past decade, in this past year. We thank you, Lord, for your willingness and your heart to use us and to, and to work with us. Father, we know we're not necessary, but we thank you that you choose to use us in the advancement of your kingdom. Father, we invite you into this new year and this new decade, and we we pray that this would truly be the greatest year of our lives and the greatest decade of our lives in growing to know you and in growing to love you and in growing to obey you in every aspect of our lives. We invite you into this year, we invite you into this decade, and we invite you into this teaching now. Open our hearts to the word of God. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So we're going to go ahead and read verses 1 to 14, and then we'll get right into it. John 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. 
Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And that's going to be an important point, um, that this is now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples. And we'll get into that in a little bit. So, verse 1. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Verse 2, Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Verse 3, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So we see here that Jesus, in the previous two times that he's appeared to them, has given them clear instructions. He's told them that go and make disciples, if you'll recall, of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Um, you remember in uh, Luke 5, Jesus said that uh, from now on you're going to be a fisher of men. But Jesus appeared to them, has appeared to them two other times since his resurrection. And now it's been a, you know, a few weeks or so. We're not told exactly how much time it's been since they've seen Jesus after his resurrection. But he's appeared to them two other times, and they haven't seen him for a while. And we're going to find that not having seen Jesus in a while, not having been in his presence, not having experienced Jesus, Simon Peter decides to go back to what's familiar. Sometimes that's certainly what we do in our own lives. Sometimes when we're not experiencing uh, just the excitement of Jesus or we just don't feel overjoyed with Jesus and sometimes when things are humdrum, we do have a tendency to go back to our old ways. We can have a tendency to go back to what was familiar to us or comfortable to us. We can, uh, we can have a tendency to go back to the world to get our fulfillment because we're not experiencing Jesus in a special way or an exciting way for some season in our lives. But here's the problem. When Simon decides to go back to his old lifestyle, go back to fishing, not fishing for men, mind you, but fishing for literal fish, he just doesn't go alone. He goes, but he takes six others with him down that same road. And uh, unfortunately, that's the case in our lives. When we when we tend to go back to the world, when we go back to what's familiar, generally we just don't go by ourselves. Often our actions will, will cause others to stumble as well. We'll take others along with us back down that road into what was familiar or back down to or back into our old lifestyle. And Simon Peter takes six disciples with him back to fishing. Now these men have been called to make disciples for Jesus now. They're called to be fishers of men. This is what they did when they first met Jesus, before they had come to Jesus, but this is not what they were called to do anymore. And we can see the success of it. It says, so they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So again, professional fishermen are out there an entire night. We don't know how long it is. Could be 8, 9, 10, 11 hours and they literally don't catch anything. And again, what that represents in our life is uh, when, we, when we go back to our old lifestyle, when we go to get our fulfillment 
from the world because we're kind of in a boring season in life or Jesus hasn't showed up for a while, we're not going to find any success when we go there. And frankly, not only will we not find any success, but we may pull stuff up in the nets that's that's not helpful. We may, you know, we may find trash. We may find things that are uh, that are bad for us, and we almost certainly will. We want to be where Jesus has called us to be, and sometimes there's a waiting season. They get tired of waiting here, so they go back to what's comfortable. Again, they they've seen Jesus twice since his resurrection. They haven't seen him. I'm bored. Let's go back to the world. And, and what does that represent in your life and in my life? What are the things we tend to go back to that Jesus has clearly called us away from? There may be things in our lives that Jesus has called us to lay down, but sometimes it's hard to lay those things down. It's hard to lay down old habits or old ways, old ways of thinking, old ways of acting. And certainly worldly ways are, are hard to lay down. And when we're not experiencing Jesus, it's, it can get very hard. Um, we have these mountaintop experiences where, it, you know, it seems like it's, it's just so easy to avoid sin in our lives or avoid doing the things Jesus hasn't called us to do. But then when that high wears off, it can be hard. And sometimes we do, like Simon Peter and these six disciples, seven disciples go back to their old lifestyle and they get nothing. So again, verse 3, but that night they caught nothing. And they caught nothing because that's not what Jesus was telling them to do, right? We want to be where Jesus is. Now we're going to see when Jesus shows up, things are different. And we're going to see his mercy in showing up even in a place that we're not called to be. Verse 4, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Why didn't the disciples realize that it was Jesus? Uh, Again, the plain answer is, when we're regressing in our walk with Christ, when we've gone back to the world to get our fulfillment, Jesus can show up and, and, and we won't even recognize him. How many times in my life, Father, have I not recognized Jesus when he's standing right there on the shore? One of the huge blessings of walking in obedience to Christ and walking in intimacy with him is that the closer we are with him, the more we'll recognize him when he shows up in our lives, the more we'll recognize his blessing, the more we'll recognize his fullness. The more closely and intimately we walk with him, everywhere you go, you can start to experience Jesus. You can just experience his fullness and recognize his hand in your life. But when when you go back to things that Jesus has called you away from, You won't even realize that Jesus can be standing right next to you. It says, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. I like the fact that, again, it says, uh, the first four words of verse 4 say, early in the morning. Jesus likes to show up early in the morning. When you wake up, Jesus wants to be right there with you, and 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 he is right there with you. But we need to recognize him. So. Jesus shows up early in the morning. Now, 
again, we see the mercy of our God here because he shows up on a bad night, right? They thought they were going to go out. They were going to catch a, a great share of fish. They thought it was going to be amazing. Maybe they were going to go sell their fish at the market for a, you know, for a nice take. But they don't catch anything. And so it hasn't been a productive night. And it's not productive because it's not what Jesus had called him to do. But look at the mercy of Jesus that he shows up at the end of it, knowing they haven't caught anything, and stands there right on the shore and calls out to them. We're going to see here in verse 5, he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Why does Jesus ask this question? Surely he knows they haven't caught anything. Surely he knows that they've had no success. Surely it was him that caused them to have no success. When we go back to our old life, when we go back to things that Jesus has forbid us to doing, we will not find success. We will not find blessing. It just won't happen. It, clearly, it's Jesus who prevents, again, men who've been fishermen their whole lives from, from catching anything. They didn't catch one thing, right? So Jesus is the one that causes them not to find any success. And yet he asks them, friends, haven't you any fish? Why do you suppose he asked that question? He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. <laughs> It's clear, unfortunately, that he wants to remind them that their lack of compliance, their disobedience, is not going to result in any blessing. Sometimes we do this with our children, right? We already know the question, but we ask them because we want them to understand for themselves that, you know, whatever they're doing is that's not right is not going to bring them the happiness they had hoped for. You know, maybe Jesus is saying that to a lot of us today. You know, maybe there are areas in our lives that we haven't been walking where Jesus would have us to walk. And we're, and we're not finding success there. And maybe he's saying, friends, haven't you any fish? And surely we are answering no. We haven't caught any fish here. And again, Jesus had called them to be fishers of men and women. And he's calling us the same today. You know, he's calling you and I to be, to go out and to be fishers of men and for women and to help them to know Jesus and to love Jesus and to walk with Jesus. But like these disciples, we have other interests. We want to do other things that are just a bigger priority in our lives. And surely we can all probably find areas in our lives where we're not finding success and happiness and joy. Father, we ask you to help us. Um, you know, help us, Lord, to have eyes that see you, Jesus. Lord, oftentimes you're standing right there and we don't even realize it's you. And uh, Lord, we ask you to help us to have ears that hear when you're saying to us, friends, haven't you any fish? Lord, help us to repent of, uh, of fishing in places you haven't called us to fish. And Lord, help us to, to truly be fishers of men and women, Lord, 
even as you'd called these disciples. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 6. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So we see a specific instruction here. Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. It's interesting, they don't they don't know it's Jesus when they obey this instruction. That's very interesting to me because I don't, you know, I don't know that I would have obeyed the instruction. Obviously, if I know it's Jesus, I'm going to do it, but they don't know it's Jesus until after the large number of fish come in. So some stranger standing on shore, I mean, I can see him over there and, you know, he's asking me if I've caught anything. It's been a long night. I haven't slept. I, uh, I have nothing to show for this entire night of work. Um, and I got this guy over here asking me if I've caught any fish. No, I have not caught any fish. Thank you for asking. And then he asked me to throw another cast. I'm only 100 yards from shore, it says. I might ask, you know, bro, you know, I appreciate your recommendation. I appreciate you telling me to throw the net on the right side of the boat, but I've already done that a couple hundred times tonight and it hasn't caught anything. But they do it. And again, so it is a mystery as to why they... You know, I don't know if they just all looked at each other and said, you know, well, what's one more cast going to hurt, right? But by the mercy of God, they do what Jesus says. Because if they do not do what Jesus says here, which I confess I often have not, uh, they don't catch the fish. And if they don't catch the fish, they don't realize it's Jesus. And so we see an order here. Again, if they don't drop the net... When this stranger tells them to drop the net. Remember, they don't know it's Jesus when this person says to drop the net. And sometimes Jesus is telling us to drop the net. Sometimes Jesus will tell us to do things that don't make sense. And golly, we, weren't, we won't be sure if that's... Is that you, Jesus, telling us that? But you know, it's not going to hurt to drop the net here. Sometimes we need to obey Jesus too when it's been a long night. Sometimes it's just one more cast. Sometimes we can get just to the, the edge of our blessing and miss it because we won't drop the net this one more time. But they do drop the net this one more time, even though they don't know it's Jesus. And it says when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So again, an entire night, 8, 9, 10, 11 hours, no fish. Who knows how many times they dropped those nets? 50, 80, 100 times. Because Jesus wasn't in it. But all of a sudden, when Jesus tells you to drop the net, it only takes one time. But you have to follow. We have to follow his instructions specifically. Throw your net on the right side of the boat. Sometimes I've wondered in my life why I haven't been blessed in certain things. And Jesus has given me specific instructions in his word. You know, but I don't, I don't want to quite obey it fully. You know, I have a half obedience in some aspects of my life, and I wonder why I'm not bringing in such a large number of fish that I can barely, barely haul it, right? The instructions in the Word of God are clear. It's interesting that when Jesus says, throw your net, that's the Word of God, right? Jesus is God. The resurrected Christ is speaking to these men. 
And so he's given them the word of God when he says, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. If they disobey the word of God, they do not catch the fish and they don't realize it's Jesus. But here they're going to obey the word of God that Jesus says. And they're going to get this incredible haul that they can't even carry. Verse 7, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So the Apostle John now realizes, based on the blessing, that it's Jesus. Because what has changed here? They don't know it's Jesus. The only thing that's changed is they've dropped the net one more time and they brought in a massive catch of large fish. So apparently the Apostle John recognizes the blessing that comes from God. Because again, how does he recognize them? It's not like they're any closer. But what John recognizes is the blessing of the Lord. Do you recognize the blessing of the Lord when it comes on your life? Or do you credit it to other things? There are times in our lives when we, when we credit the blessings of God to other things than Jesus. But when you're blessed in your life, you want to make sure that you will boldly proclaim, just like John did, it is the Lord. When something goes right in your life this year, it is the Lord. When the blessing of God comes on your life, wherever it is, it could be uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, Melanie. It can be any of those ways. When the blessing of God comes on your life, make sure you say, it is the Lord. Mandy, say, it is the Lord. Omela, say, it is the Lord the Lord. Gwenda, it is the Lord. Stephen, May, y'all say it is the Lord. When you see a blessing in your life, give credit to Jesus and thank him for it. Father, I ask you to forgive us when we, uh, so many times in my life, Lord, it's absurd that I don't recognize when it, of course it's you. What else could it be? I fished all night and I couldn't catch one half pound fish. But all of a sudden you tell me to drop the net one time and there's 153 large fish. Of course it's Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, when I have been blessed so often, but I have not known it was you. Thank you, Lord, that... Uh, that the Apostle John has eyes that see it is the Lord. And I ask you to give us one and all eyes to see you, Lord, and to see your blessing in our life, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. Many of us need to jump into the water today. Sometimes we know it's the Lord, but we stay in the boat. Wherever it is, when you see the Lord moving in your life, just jump into the water like Peter does with excitement and zeal because you know Jesus is in it. You know, and sometimes we need the body of Christ to help us. It's not Peter that recognizes it's the Lord. It's John. But when John recognizes it, he shares it with his brothers in Christ 
and they are encouraged by that word. And Peter jumps into, Peter didn't recognize Jesus for himself, but he heard John say it was the Lord and he took his word for it and he jumped into the water. So we can see here how we need each other in the body of Christ. Sometimes you'll be the one saying it's, it is the Lord. And sometimes you'll be the one saying, uh, you'll be the one jumping into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. Lord, help us to see you when we're not far from shore. Again, you know, Jesus is right there on the shore. They're not far from shore, but the good news is they do see him. They do, they do know it's him by his blessing. Sometimes it's hard to see Jesus. But the Lord has uh, allowed us to see him oftentimes when he moves his hand in certain situations. Verse 9. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Apparently, Jesus didn't need these 153 fish. I don't think he went to the market to buy this fish and this bread, but he's already had breakfast prepared for him. And again, we just see the mercy of God in our lives in the same way. That Jesus will meet you and meet me early in the morning. And uh, he'll already have breakfast prepared for us if we, uh, we want to have breakfast with him. And he'll invite us to breakfast, but we got to accept the invite. Sometimes we're too busy, Stephen, about other things, thinking about other things to, than to have breakfast with, with, uh, have breakfast with Jesus. What's better than to have breakfast with Jesus? And Jesus is saying to you and to me today, verse 10, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish, you know, you have just caught. It's in verse 12 that Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And so again, he's saying to you, he's saying to me today, come and have breakfast. It's interesting though, in verse 10, he says, bring some of the fish you have just caught. What is Jesus saying to you today? What is he saying to me today? What do we need to bring to Jesus? They just received this massive blessing that obviously came entirely because of Jesus. He told them to drop the net on the right side. But he wants them to bring it to him. And so what is it in your life today you need to bring to Jesus? What is it in your time or your talents or your money, your treasures, that you need to bring to Jesus in this new year, in this new decade. What have you caught? What, what blessing of, of uh, what a catch do you have that you need to bring to Jesus? Maybe it's some hurts or some pains or some difficulties um, in your past that you need to bring to Jesus. Verse 11. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. So again, when Jesus gets involved, for some reason, he don't put little goldfish in there. When Jesus gets involved, you have not only 153 fish, apparently they counted them, but they were large fish, right? So Jesus didn't put uh, very skimpy fish in there. He put big fish in when, when you invite Jesus into the situation, you're always going to come out with better fish. I would encourage us all that whatever you're undertaking this year, take time and just invite Jesus into it. Just pray and ask him to be a part of whatever you're doing. 
um, I prayed and, and invited him into uh, this teaching uh, before we, we, got to, we went live. And uh, I think I did at the beginning, didn't I? It was full of large fish, 153. Lord Jesus, we do ask you to help us. Uh, Lord, to forgive us when we don't make you a part of whatever we're doing. Lord, we know that when you're a part of it, Lord, it's going to be blessed. And it's going to be blessed immeasurably. Lord, all night without you, no blessing, no fish. One net, one cast, one drop, 153 fish and large fish because Jesus was involved. Help us, Lord Jesus, to get you involved. Help us, Lord, to get you involved. Man, y'all, get Jesus involved. Jose, get Jesus involved. Tom, get Jesus involved. Jesse, get Jesus involved. John, get Jesus involved. Mark, get Jesus involved. Let's all get Jesus involved. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you'll even manage the blessing. You know, sometimes having the blessing and managing it are different. 153 large fish, apparently the net should be torn. But the net's not torn. Again, because Jesus is involved. Sometimes we can get a huge blessing, but because Jesus is not involved, the net tears and we lose the whole blessing. Right? What if the net tears at the bottom? The 153 fish would just fall out and swim away. But the net doesn't tear. By the mercy of our God, the net doesn't tear because Jesus is involved. Lord, we ask you to, to just help us to get you involved in everything we do, Lord, in every aspect of our lives. Help us to get you involved. Kristen, get Jesus involved. Lauren, get Jesus involved. Nathan, get Jesus involved. And the net won't break. Sometimes the net just keeps breaking in our lives, Lord. The net keeps breaking and all our fish just swim right away, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus. Verse 12. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Let's have breakfast with Jesus a little more often. I don't have breakfast with Jesus enough. And Jesus is inviting us to breakfast. Jesus is an early riser, remember. And he's inviting us to have breakfast with him. Invite him into your morning. When you wake up in the morning, say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my morning, into my day. I ask you to be a part of everything that I do, Lord. Help me to see you, Lord, wherever I go. Give me eyes that see and ears that hear, Jesus, that I might walk with you more intimately and be blessed. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. If we'll live this lifestyle, if we'll obey the word of God, if we'll drop the net when Jesus tells us to drop the net, we too will know it is the Lord. We may not have had eyes to see earlier because we were off doing something he hasn't caused us to do. But when Jesus gets involved and if we obey the word of God, we will see him, right? For most of us, for many seasons of our lives, we're saved. We're born again. Our sins are forgiven. We're going to heaven. But yet we don't see Jesus. We don't experience him. Father, we ask you to help us to come and have breakfast with Jesus, that we truly might experience your presence, Lord, in a more full and intimate and tangible way. Lord, help us, like these disciples, to know it's the Lord. 
Lord, help us to truly know you and to know that you are working in our lives. Um, forgive us, Lord, our unbelief. And help us to know it's the Lord in our lives. Verse 13, Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. Jesus not even, Jesus not only prepared breakfast, but Jesus served breakfast. And believe me, he wants to serve you today. He really does want to meet you on the shore of your life. Again, I don't think Jesus went to the market. Apparently, he just created this food. Jesus came, took the bread. The disciples didn't catch any bread. They only caught 153 fish, but Jesus brought some bread as well and did the same with the fish. It's interesting when Jesus feeds the 5,000, bread and fish are given to him as well, if you recall. Jesus came took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. And again, Jesus will meet with us the same today. He will give you the bread that you need today and the fish that you need. You just got to want to have breakfast with Jesus. I think we ought to call this breakfast with Jesus, Stephen. He was asking me what we're going to call this, and I said I didn't know yet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 14 this was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So he appeared to them. He came in and out of their lives. We're not told what he was doing in all the time that he wasn't around. But you remember he was raised for 40 days. Um, this is the third time he appears to them. And Lord, we do pray that, uh, that you would appear to us in a way that we can sense you. Lord, we ask you to forgive us where you have appeared for us, when you are standing on the shore, but but we don't recognize you, Lord. Um, Lord, again, I ask you to give us eyes that see you and ears that hear you, that we might walk with you more intimately, Lord, that we might experience you, that we might receive your blessing, that we might utilize your blessing. Father, I ask you to forgive us, Lord, um, when we have gone back to, to, to ways and things that you've called us out of, Lord. Forgive us when we go back to, go back to the world or go back to our old lifestyle or go back to what's familiar. Lord Jesus, I ask you to help us one and all to, to truly be fishers of men and women, Lord. Help us, Father, to serve your people, Lord. Help us to partner with you in all that we do, Lord. Um, Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. And Lord, we also, we also ask you to, to have breakfast with us, Lord, this year. Help us to have breakfast with you, Lord, and uh, to invite you into everything that, that we do, that we might uh, see your hand move in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you again for a new year. We thank you again for a new decade. And Lord Jesus, we just ask you to be a part of it. We, we give all of our lives, all of our hearts, all of our homes, all of our families over to you, Jesus. And we ask you to use them for the glory of your name and for the benefit of your people and for the advancement of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.